everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. The 2020 presidential race is really heating up. There have been three debates among the remaining Democratic presidential contenders just this month, and we are inching ever closer to Michigan having its turn to decide which of those candidates will get our delegates in the Democratic primary. Lots of people are starting to tune in and starting to think about which candidates they are most attracted to in this contest. But we want to do something a little different today. We want to take a look at people who are not just committed to a candidate, but who are so committed that they are out working for that candidate. Maybe they're knocking doors. Maybe they're making phone calls. Maybe they're raising money or distributing literature. We want to talk with folks who are really involved in this campaign and trying to convince their friends and their families and maybe even strangers that they ought to make the same choice that they have decided to make at the ballot box. We have three local grassroots volunteers here from three different presidential campaigns. And we should say up front that we are not limiting this just to these three campaigns. We are going to try to put together panels of other people who are working for other candidates as well. And of course, we want to hear from you as well. Have you made your choice yet in the 2020 race and why? And have you ever taken your support that next step by volunteering at the grassroots level, either in a local or a national race? Have you been a grassroots volunteer? Have you been a volunteer of any kind with a campaign? And if you're doing it right now, call and tell us what that experience has been like. What has it been like to really work for the person that you think should be president of the United States? And tell us why you made that choice. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And now let's get to the guests that we have who are working for presidential candidates. Uh, Jim McLucky volunteers for Bernie Sanders. Jim, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Danny Boston is a grassroots Wayne County organizer for Pete Buttigieg. Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stephen. And Alistair Stevenson is a community team leader for Elizabeth Warren. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. So uh, I want to start with the idea that uh, each of you has decided that you're not just going to vote for your candidate, but you're out working for that candidate. I want each of you to give us a sense of how you made that decision and what that work looks like. Jim McLucky, I'll start with you. Yeah, so... um it was kind of a switch that flipped for me. I, I, I've been a supporter of Bernie's since uh, 2015. I did some phone banking back in 2015, 2016 for his campaign. Um, and since then, I've been following him. He's He's been my guy. And uh, I attended a, uh, a barnstorming event, um, kind of a pep rally to get people involved. And just kind of a, a, a switch flipped for me. I'm like, it's time for me to hit the ground and, and actually get involved and knock on doors and, and spread the word to make sure people... Um, understand what he stands for, and uh, they come out and vote for him on March 10th. Mm-hmm. And and give us a sense of what it was like that first time you knocked on a door to tell somebody, hey, I'm supporting Bernie Sanders, and uh, I think you should too. 
Yeah, it, 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 I, 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 I thought I would be, it, you know, kind of nerve wracking, um, <laughs> but it was, it was just because I believe in him so much, it, it just came natural. And it, it, to have somebody who opened their door and they were actually excited to talk to somebody, you know, volunteering about a, a certain candidate and, you know, ask questions and stuff like that. It just, from that moment, each door afterwards came easier and it just it's a it's a constant feedback machine of you know you're 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 just you're getting all this positive feedback from people who are excited to talk to you yeah are people ever mad that you knocked on the door um (laughs) once once or twice i had a a few people uh slam their door on us but it's people are are, are my concern yeah no it's that's yeah it's a common concern but it's your chances of reaching that are not (laughs) chased by a dog or something exactly yeah (laughs) uh danny boston uh you're out working for pete Buttigieg. Uh, tell us why and tell us what that's been like Yeah. So uh, for me, I was introduced to Pete by my wife. I'm typically the kind of person who five or 10 days before a primary will read up on everyone. But this one really felt different. And the first time I saw Pete speak, he's just a very level-headed, calm person. And I think about how divided this country is. And to me, that seemed very presidential. And the more I learn about him, the more I realize that that's the kind of thing that we need. Working for a campaign is something I've never done before. Mm. It's all brand new. Uh, It is scary the first time you try and talk to people (laughs) and sit and convince them or or talk to them just about politics in general. Um, But it's so rewarding to kind of put yourself out there and talk about something that's very emotional for people. Yeah. Uh, What is it about, Pete, that you're saying to people that you're finding most persuasive? In other words, if you knock on the door and say, hey, I'm supporting Pete Buttigieg and I want you to as well, what's the thing that you can say to them that you're finding has the most resonance? Yeah, especially in Michigan. Uh, Pete's from, you know, he's the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and it's a medium-sized Midwestern city. And his experience resonates a lot with uh, Detroiters and those in Michigan. Um, They were tied to the auto industry. They've had some struggles uh, as they've sort of lost population. And as a mayor, he had to respond to all of the problems. And I think when you're in Washington or somewhere else, you can kind of push back on problems or delay them. But when you're in a city and you're responsive to the residents, you really need to be there for everyone. Hmm. And I think that's what's resonating with folks in Michigan about Pete is that he's going to be there for everyone. Hmm. Uh, Alistair Stevenson, you are the community team leader, or a community team leader, for Elizabeth Warren. Tell us how you came to fulfill that role, and tell us what it's been like. Well, I think I was in the same headspace as a lot of people after 2016, which is we had this candidate, we were relatively enthusiastic about a Democratic win, but it didn't go our way. And so like these two, I decided to get off the sidelines because we knew now that nothing was to be taken for granted. And the odd thing about my experience is I also, you know, didn't have any volunteering experience. I'd never knocked on a door. And I think what sets this experience apart is the incredible community and groundswell that was immediately there when I decided to jump in. 
And so I got in relatively early around April of last year. And so considering like such a large cycle, it was, you know, many months yeah. in advance of the primary. And it was really rewarding because I didn't know what I was doing. I reached out to the campaign. They helped me set up my first event. And not, I, I think I like lost my login and password to even see who the guests were. I had no idea. And then I turned up at this bar and there were a dozen people ready to go. And we had this conversation and it was just evident that like people were here, not just for Elizabeth Warren, but for a completely different kind of progressive America. And it was, it was very inspiring. And so while there's a lot of hours being put towards this, it's actually quite easy in mm. a way because you have all these people to do it with you. Yeah. So, so when you're knocking on doors mm. and making the case for Elizabeth Warren, tell us what reactions you're getting and which part of her agenda seems to resonate with people here in, in Michigan. I would say her courage is easily the most evident thing about Elizabeth Warren. I mean, from my experience living in Michigan, Michigan people are incredibly pragmatic, but they have also been exposed to all of the various injustices and inequalities that are really evident throughout different cities in the state. And so people really appreciate that she has the kind of big, bold agenda that really meets the moment. It's not just about Donald Trump. It's about all of the problems that have existed for much longer than just Donald Trump. And so they appreciate that there are plans and a vision to, to meet that moment, but also she is the kind of person with the track record that has gotten it done. She established this Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that gave all of this money back to people after they were cheated by banks. And so I think you need both things in 2020. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guests are Jim McLuckley, Danny Boston, and Alistair Stevenson. Uh, they are all three volunteers for presidential candidates who will be on the Democratic primary ballot here in Michigan in just a few weeks. We are talking about that experience of being so passionate about one of the candidates that you are working for the campaign, that you're out knocking doors, distributing literature, and trying to convince other people that they should do what you plan to do when we all go vote on March 10th. Uh, we really want to hear from listeners about this as well. Who are you supporting in the 2020 race? Have you made up your mind yet? Are you still waiting to see more from the candidates? Uh, and you are, will maybe make your decision at the last minute right before March 10th. 10th, uh, or have you already decided who you're who you're going to do, uh, who you're going to push the the buttons for on March 10th? Uh, also, tell us if you've ever taken that support, that next step by deciding to volunteer at the grassroots level, either here locally or for a national race. Have you been a volunteer? Have you been somebody who's worked on a campaign? And give us an idea of what that was like to go out and knock doors and try to convince your friends or your neighbors or even complete strangers that uh, they ought to do what you're going to do. As always, the number on the phones is 313 1019, that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Before we get to listeners, uh, guys, I want to talk to you about, I think, the question of the moment in uh, the Democratic primary, and that is, each of you has decided who you're supporting, but only one candidate can ultimately win the nomination. So... Are you of the mind that you will <clears throat> support whoever the Democratic nominee is in November and maybe go work for that person after you're 
after your primary experience, or are you unsure about what to do if your candidate doesn't win? Alistair, I'll start with you. If Elizabeth Warren is not the victor in this primary contest, are you committed to supporting whoever does win? Absolutely. We need to get rid of Donald Trump in 2016. End of story. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has made it very clear that she is a Democrat and she'll support whoever the nominee is. And she makes that example very clear in her entire campaign. Um, that said, her path to victory is still very much there. And she's determined to like build that coalition to make sure that she gets there with as much of the party as possible. Hmm. Uh, Jim McLucky. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm pragmatic. I've never skipped out on a presidential election. And especially I will not skip out on the most uh, important election of our lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even if it's a candidate who is really different from Bernie Sanders, I mean, that's one of the things that I think is very poignant about this race is the is the broad spectrum of points of view and ideas that are represented among the candidates and on that debate stage. Bernie Sanders stands very much further to the left than somebody like Michael Bloomberg, for instance, or even Joe Biden. Uh, but you're okay with that and and what ready to ready to vote for the the nominee no matter what. Um, there's a scale of how much I'm going to have to suck it up depending on the candidate, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> it may be a hold your nose vote for you. Yeah, I mean Bloomberg, um, that's going to be a toughie, but you know he's not Trump. So. Well, you know, and 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 you know, I'm I'm picking on you a bit here, Jim, uh, because you We're know, used I mean, to it. there 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 are Sanders supporters who are are really committed to him, of course, but more skeptical about the idea of supporting the other nominee this this bernie or bust kind of kind of mindset do you run into much of that with uh, your other volunteers of uh, very little of it yeah i mean every uh, you know everybody has their own opinion of it um in every presidential campaign there's been a percentage of folks who have supported one candidate and then have gone the other way in 2008 um something like 25 percent of the people who supported hillary ended up voting for mccain so i feel like the the bernie or bust gets an inordinate inordinate amount of attention um there's certainly folks out there but i you know i i don't think it's any significant number in fact i think it was something like um, 11% of Bernie supporters voted for Trump mm. or Bernie, um, you know, people who voted for him in the primary um, voted for Trump. So, you know, there's you're going to have that with any election, with any candidate. So I, I don't I don't think it's 100 percent fair to to. to focus on Bernie on that, but, you know, <laughs> right. a fair concern, I guess. He's not the only one whose supporters Absolutely. need yeah. to be reminded of the importance of uh, voting, no matter who the candidate uh, who the candidate is. Absolutely. Uh, Danny Boston, uh, tell us what you're thinking about what happens in November. Yeah, I think, you know, definitely um, I would support the Democratic candidate, and I think a lot of us would. And, you know, when we're talking about Democrats, I think that's uh, pretty much a given, but we're not just talking about Democrats. There's a lot of independents and even Republicans who are looking to see who is going to be the alternative to Donald Trump. And I think uh, we do a disservice if we don't consider all of the people who are watching who is going to be this candidate. 
and whether they can bring everyone along, not just Democrats who are committed. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's one of the big debates that's going on inside the party right now is do you nominate somebody who can attract independents, attract Republicans who are dis- disenchanted with the president, or do you go with the sort of core of the party and not worry so much about that? And, and you know, obviously there are a lot of opinions on, on all sides about that. But I, I do think it gets to this question of uh, electability and what the outcome uh, ultimately ultimately might be in, in November. And it's a tough it's a tough choice inside the party. I mean, I, it, you know, there's a difference between the conversations you have when you're trying to pick a nominee and the conversations you have when you're trying to make sure that uh, that the party that you belong to uh, is winning. Okay, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's start with Alex in Ferndale. Alex, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Go ahead. Um, well, yeah, this is my first time uh, canvassing. I've been a Bernie supporter since his uh, rise in the previous election, uh, to popularity, um, I watched a couple of YouTube videos, um, and you know that kind of uh, showed me the passion that he had, and that he was addressing things that other candidates weren't. So, um, I happen to know Jim. Hey, Jim, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Alex, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? I thought that was uh, you. Through friends of friends, and I heard that he was holding a little uh, get together in Ferndale which I went to, and it was awesome. There was just so much positive energy there, and so many people that were in the same boat I was, just really nervous, had never knocked on doors, had never phone banked, anything like that before. And it was just so quickly put at ease that, you know, this it's not going to be, as you said, dogs chasing you off of porches. It's going to be a lot of people that are really interested in finding out, you know, more about it because people are curious, and there's not, unfortunately, there's not a lot of good ways to find out real information about any of the candidates. So hopefully that's what I can help with. Yeah. Uh, Alex, can you talk just a little more about your attraction to, to, to Bernie Sanders? What is it about your life or perhaps your, your view of policy that, that Sanders speaks to specifically and that maybe other candidates don't connect with you as, as well on? Um, well, I've kind of always been obsessed with the concept of justice and like real justice for everybody, obviously not just myself. And I don't like the idea of just a team mentality when it comes to politics. I don't like the idea of being like, oh, I'm team blue and uh, go team blue. I hate team red. I would much rather address the concepts and instead of vilifying people, for instance, for voting for Trump, like find out what it is that attracted uh, Trump to them because, mm. you know, nobody's a bad guy. No, everybody is the uh, good guy in their own story. So find out why, uh, you know, they obviously have something that they need in their life. And, you know, the Trump presidency is, they think, filling that for them. And um, I don't think that it is. I don't think, but I also don't think that a lot of the Democratic uh, nominees are going to do much different in terms of policies. So what attracted me to Bernie is he addressed sort of a broader aspect of what's going on in our world right now, not just our country things that are going to affect everybody um, in the world, you know, with uh, the Green New Deal, the stuff that's going on ecologically. And that attracted me to him, whereas what I saw from a lot of the other candidates was more just like, we have to get Trump out of office. You know, mm-hmm. the Republicans are bad. And, and I didn't really like that. I liked the idea that he was addressing more policy 
more broader concepts and more of an idea of justice for mm. everybody. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so I, I, I'm sitting here listening to Alex talk about what attracted him to Bernie Sanders, but it, it sounds like this very similar things would have 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 attracted Alistair and Danny to to their candidates. I mean, it, there's some commonality there that I think is important to to note. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, I completely agree with you that we can't vilify people who have voted for Trump in the past, right? Uh, One of the things Pete says is you can't say you love America and hate half of the people in it, right? I mean, we need someone who can bring the entire country together. And uh, we have a crisis of belonging. We really have to have regular people get brought back into the political process. Um, and feel like their voice is heard. And earlier you were talking about this uh, decision that the party has to make and a lot of voters has to have to make between do we go to the core of our base mm-hmm. or do we try and bring in people through the middle? And I actually think that's a false choice in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, you know, Elizabeth Warren has gone out there and decided to design a vision and agenda for America that is really centered around the most vulnerable people in the country. And it's really about bringing those people into the middle class and making everyone prosperous. And it just so happens that all of the plans that, that have come out of that vision are incredibly popular across the board whenever they're polled. You have Republicans, independents, and Democrats coming along for Medicare for All, for the Green New Deal, for a lot of these different plans and the features of those plans. And I think it's important to dismantle this idea that it's really one or the other. You can have this America that works for everyone without having to sacrifice this idea of electability. Mm. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking about the idea of passionate advocacy for your presidential candidate. Are you out knocking doors? Are you on the phones telling people to vote for the person that you're supporting in the Democratic primary in just a few weeks? As always, again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. I'm talking with Jim McLucky, who is a local grassroots volunteer for Bernie Sanders, Danny Boston, who is a grassroots Wayne County organizer with Michigan for Pete, the, the campaign for Pete Buttigieg, and Alistair Stevenson, a community team leader for Elizabeth Warren. We're talking about the experience these guys are having supporting candidates in that way, not just saying they're going to vote for the people that they want to be the next president of the United States, but they're out knocking doors and on the phones and doing other things to try to convince other people to cast the same vote that they are. We really want to hear from you as well. Are you having this same experience? Is there somebody in the field who has so excited you that you have gone out to volunteer on their behalf? Tell us why and tell us what that experience has been like. Is it interesting or scary maybe to go knock on someone's door to tell them that you support uh, one of the candidates and that you would like them to as well. Also give us an idea 
of how you're coming with that decision. Uh, March 10th is the Michigan primary, and uh, have you made up your mind yet? Or are you still waiting to hear more or see more from one of the candidates to make your decision? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. We especially want to hear from people who are supporting candidates other than Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg. Um, We are also going to have a segment uh, later in the week or or next week, I guess, um, talking with uh, volunteers from some of the other campaigns as well. We want to give everybody uh, the same chance to talk about their candidate here on Detroit Today. Um, Before we get back to the phones, uh, guys, I wonder if, if you can talk about whether this experience you've had during the primary will make you want to do the same thing in the general. Uh, We were just talking about whether you would support the candidate, the Democratic candidate, no matter who it is uh, in November, and everybody said they would. I wonder if any of you will work for that candidate. Uh, Alistair, I'll start with you. I think I will absolutely continue through it. Uh, One of the most rewarding parts of actually getting off of Twitter and oh, I'm still on Twitter, but getting off of Twitter and actually knocking on doors um, and doing something is that it really helps to bust the cynicism that I think a lot of us carried with us, not just in 2016, but in previous elections. I think we've seen with one of the benefits of having all of these candidates is that it has provided so many pathways for people to actually get involved in their democracy. Mm. Um, And I think like, Working for Elizabeth Warren in that sense has been particularly inspiring, um, and I will I will continue to do that for the next person because I feel like I've got the tools to be able to do it properly now. Mm. Yeah. Danny, how about you? Yeah, I think I would definitely be involved again. This has been such an amazing experience to see just everyone who gets brought into politics. When one of our first meetings with uh, volunteering with Pete, we raised our hands for who was this, you know, their first campaign. Mm. And it was virtually the entire room because it's just something about this that everyone thinks this is the right time to really take hold of our democracy mm. and and get involved. Like we always have had the opportunity, but I guess we didn't really feel called to it before like we do now. Mm. Mm. Uh, Jim? Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be easy to um, work in the general when Bernie gets the nomination on his campaign. So. <laughs> um, but that wasn't the question. <laughs> if somehow he doesn't end up, um, I, I'm uh, having had the experience and um, being around the volunteers and all the energy and everything. Um, it's going to be hard to let that go. So, so yeah, I would be happy to hit the streets for for anybody else. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Carrie in Detroit. Carrie, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm a Warren uh, volunteer. Hi, Alistair. Hello. And uh, uh, I just wanted to say um, I've been knocking on doors here, and um, I live right down on the riverfront, and you know, um, so I try to focus on the, the Near East side. And uh, that it's really easy. People are so her her program is just custom made for Detroit, right? Tax the billionaires, put the money back in the schools and the hospitals and where it really belongs. 
and get rid of this corruption. You know, the corruption thing is really personal to people here in Detroit. And, uh, you know, they really respond. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's very motivating. Um, I'd encourage anybody to, to join up. It's actually a lot of fun. Get to know your neighbors, you know. <laughs> have you, and so, Carrie, have you done this before? Have you, have you volunteered for other candidates? Um, I did. Um, I just moved back to Detroit a couple of years ago. I retired after 40 years in business and uh, lived overseas. When I came back, I was kind of shocked. So I, I jumped in to uh, help out. Um, my mother was actually in a state of depression after this last election. And um, so I helped her to volunteer for Haley Stevens to help flip mm. that congressional district. Mm. Um, just a little bit. We did a little fundraiser at my mom's house. I mean, nothing really big. But, um, you know, and then, you know, it was the, the feeling of success, right? I mean, when you win. Um, <laughs> it's addictive, you know, right? <laughs> there's nothing like it. Right, right. And it's also, it's also great to have, you know, we got so many women in office last time. So, you know, it's it's very easy to support Elizabeth Warren. You know, she has the strength, the uh, integrity, and she's also been in the business world, which is important because you really can't fight these guys unless you know what they're up to, mm. you know. And this is what I found after my 40 years in business. I got so sick of the corruption. You know, bad ethics is bad for business. Mm. It's bad for everybody. Mm. Carrie, I yeah. really appreciate uh, the call and your sharing uh, your experience and 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 why you're out there uh, working for your candidate. Uh, I, I want to read a Twitter comment and get our panel to respond uh, uh, to it. Kate on Twitter says, if we're not constantly trying to bring the Dem Party back to represent working people's interests, then why call yourselves Dem? Why do we, Bernie supporters, I assume that means Kate is a Bernie supporter. Why do we need to bend when the DNC is the group that strayed from our party's moral compass? I think that's another really interesting question at the center of this campaign this year is uh, what is what does it mean to be a Democrat? And is it OK to temper that a bit to try to get votes from people who uh, who don't consider themselves uh, Democrats? Uh, Jim, Bernie is your candidate, so I will... I'll let you go first here. Yeah, um, no, Kate nailed it 100%. Um, if I, I look back at 2016, and I believe the reason why we have Trump is because working voter, working class voters, middle class voters have felt disenfranchised for a very long time. Um, and then you had a candidate like Bernie come along who for 40 years has been working alongside um, unions, picket lines, working for the working class and middle class. And then you have a guy, Trump, who comes in and sees what Bernie's doing and sees, hmm, okay, maybe I can make myself appealing to the middle class and the working class. And then when Bernie didn't get the nomination, Hillary didn't do so well with the middle class and working class, and Trump was able to con those people into believing that he had their best interests at heart. So absolutely, I believe the party has, it's been a very long time since the party has represented the middle class and the working class, and that's palatable in the um, support that Bernie is getting right now. Mm, yeah. Uh, Alistair? Yeah, I think that that comment is absolutely right, and working people have every right to feel cynical, and it's not just corruption that has been seen in the DNC, but in every institution that has touched our lives. Um, it's one thing to say, 
I am for getting rid of inequality and dressing yourself up in the language of social justice, but then going around and, you know, engaging in these huge dollar fundraisers with people who are bankrolling democracy and not the people. And so I guess the question becomes, do you want to then, uh, you know, do you want a candidate that is going to burn it all down or do you want a candidate that is going to help remake the party and improve the infrastructure in a more progressive image. And I think that's what really sets uh, Elizabeth Warren apart because she is saying, this is the party that we've got. We are Democrats. This is the DNC. We're the Democratic Party. We're going to invest in making it transparent and for the people. And I think she is the one who is only, uh, she is the unique candidate to to do that. Hmm. Uh, Danny? Yeah, I think the Democratic Party has always been sort of the party of the people. And uh, one of the things that... um, I think with Pete, you know, people uh, think that because he has support in independents and former Republicans, that maybe he's not focused on Democrats. And I think if you look at his policies, he's far more progressive a candidate than Obama was in 2008 or even in 2012. Hmm. And I think it's sort of the times that maybe people are being labeled as centrist when really I consider Pete a pragmatic progressive. And I think, you know, we have an opportunity here where the majority of Americans, not just Democrats, are in support of a lot of these issues of fixing health care, helping make a more equitable economy. And I, I worry a little bit that if we try and go too far, too fast, that we might leave people behind. And I, I think, you know, if, if we really want to be the party of the majority, the party of the of the working class and the middle class, we need to make sure that we're focusing on bringing them all along and not feeling like they're sort of left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved all three of those answers and I loved the way that each of you, you know, brought it back to your candidate, but mm-hmm. but also made it made it uh, about this this bigger this bigger question and you know, you're disagreeing. I mean, you're having a, a debate, really, about the candidates that are on the ballot and the ones that you're supporting. And, you know, there's no shouting in here. No one's insulting anybody. <laughs> you're just kind of saying, hey, this is what I believe and this is why I'm what I'm doing. This is, I think, an example, maybe, for uh, for some of the, the discussions that uh, that we've seen happen during this, uh, during this campaign. Uh, let's get back to the phones here. John, on the east side, you're up next. What's on your mind? Thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. So um, I've never really s- campaigned for anybody. I have sent some money in for Obama and for Bernie. But what I really want to get to is that um, watching these debates is the best way to turn people off from the political process. It's Unless you're into the WWE or into, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, it, I can't watch it. I, I watched a lot of the Senate hearings and the uh, the congressional hearings, and that was really a lot to to sit through. But hmm. this is is deplorable because what I see is people saying that they have the same general ideas attacking each other. And when you attack each other, you're declaring them the enemy, and that doesn't work well. And we saw this with the Republican uh, four years ago, and, and look at how it turned out. So what I'm suggesting to everybody is to look at the big picture without all of Trump's supporters he would have nothing hmm. 
So what we really need to do is go after the Lindsey Grahams, the Mitch McConnells, the Jim Jameses, and find suitable people to replace them. Mm. Stop spending the huge amounts of money attacking each other. Mm. John, that's a really interesting perspective. I have to say that, I mean, as somebody who has to watch the debates as part of his job, I have gotten very tired of uh, of the debates this time. I mean, to the point where uh, the other night I actually did switch the channel from the Democratic debate to the Miles Davis documentary that was airing on PBS because I was just like, this is much more edifying than, than what I was seeing on that stage. I, I wonder, though, uh, for there are three volunteers what you make of, of the tenor of these debates and the tone of the attacks and whether that makes it harder to come together after we pick a nominee uh, and and everyone is looking at November. Alistair? These debates are difficult to watch and we've had, I think, 10 of them now and it is increasingly fatiguing for a lot of people and I absolutely understand the point that, you know, this is... Um, it's, it's difficult to look at that conflict, but I think there's two things. First, if I think it is really important for the Democrats on stage, aside from the tone, to be able to draw these sharp contrasts with each other, it's really important that we don't tune out a lot of the uh, conversation and the, and the debate on the merits just because there's a bit of ugliness there. We saw two debates ago that Elizabeth Warren took Michael Bloomberg to task because at the end of the day, he is deeply corrupt, has racist policies and a terrible track record, a lot of which wasn't even as a Democrat. And while there you know, was a bit of fire on stage, that's a really important thing to highlight when people are making their decisions out there and seeing a million Bloomberg ads on television and radio. Mm. So that's the first thing. And the second thing I would say is you know, tune into the debates to get informed, but it's not the only way to engage in our democracy. At the end of the day, we have a lot of campaigns with big grassroots infrastructures. Um, I would say Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren in particular have a million house gatherings and phone banks and canvases out there. And it's really easy to get plugged into a lot of these events. And so it's really important, I think, to balance both what you're consuming and, you know, getting out there and putting it into action and talking to people. Mm. Uh, Jim? Yeah, this uh, this last debate was kind of embarrassing. It's just not. Uh, yeah, I can imagine John watching the that debate and just being turned off by it completely because it just wasn't organized very well. And uh, but at the same time, it's this is a very high stakes election, and when the stakes are high, people get fired up, and sometimes tempers, you know, get out of hand. Um, but like what Alistair was saying about Bloomberg in the the not this last one, but the previous one. Um, I believe he deserves a lot of the animosity coming towards him because you have these other candidates who have been working hard to build these grassroots campaigns and have people on the streets volunteering their time, not getting paid. And then you have this guy, this billionaire come in and buying out all the ads on the air and not representing himself very well um, on the stage versus how he represents himself in in his advertisement. So, um, yeah, I, I think the biggest problem is just this, the stakes are so high that mm. that things are, are, are really heating up. And I'm hoping that after Super Tuesday, once we see 
um, a certain candidate get uh, such a large portion of the votes <laughs> that, people, that, in there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that people will kind of chill out and say, maybe we have a clear front runner and maybe it's time for us to really start supporting <laughs> that him. Is, that is a very optimistic and it, clever plug there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> if I can um, throw one other thing in there too, um, I, for, for people like John and, and anybody else who's you know, concerned about um, uh, just all this rhetoric on on TV and everything in the debates. Go down to a local event for for a candidate you're interested in, especially Bernie, um, to see the people <laughs> who are there and feel the love and the energy in the room. These are all good people, and it's it's amazing to be around that mm. sort of energy. Right. It's Turn way the different than the internet. And, like go do it in person. Mm. That's yeah, great. yeah, it's not Facebook. Advice. Yeah, <laughs> Danny Boston, go ahead. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy when working for the Pete campaign is we have rules of the road and all of our volunteers sort of stand by it of being kind to people and being disciplined and respectful. And it can be exhausting, especially to watch debates where uh, it's, you know, you're, you, you can't look away in some ways. Um, but that's, that's not what we're experiencing when we go and talk to people. And I think that we are for so much more than we are, you know, against each other. I think one of the things to, to keep in mind, though, is that, you know, we feel very divided right now and not not among Democrats, but as a country. And I think if we um, look at the day after we elect our Democratic president, it's going to be such a divided country, and we really need someone who's going to unite the country. So thinking about that, and who would be that person to kind of calm the country and bring us back to our better selves? Yeah. Okay. Jim McLucky, local grassroots volunteer for Bernie Sanders, Danny Boston, grassroots Wayne County organizer with Pete Buttigieg, and Alistair Stevenson, community team leader for Elizabeth Warren. It was really great to have this conversation with you guys on Detroit Today. Thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you so much, much Stephen. All right. Up next, we are going to talk about the fears around the COVID-19 coronavirus and how we're preparing for it right here in Southeast Michigan. Stay with us on Detroit Today.